0: I'm Roy Sharples, and welcome to the Unknown Origins podcast. Why are you listening to this podcast? Are you an industry expert looking for insights? Are you growing your career? Or are you a dear friend helping to spur your old pal on? I created the Unknown Origins podcast to have the most inspiring conversations with creative industry personalities and experts about entrepreneurship, pop culture, art, music, film, and fashion ever since childhood, Deborah Lewis had an eye for fashion and design, with a knack for translating what people desire to make them feel special and empowered into what they wear. As a fashion designer, she spent over the last 20 years designing best-selling garments with some of the UK's most influential retail brands. She established her own venture, No Name Design, and currently mentors startup sustainable fashion brands to design, make and produce saleable garment collections. Hello and welcome Deborah. Deborah, what inspired and attracted you to become an entrepreneur in the fashion industry?
1: I think as a little girl, I always had um, aspirations really to just be my own person and not really follow the crowd. Um, You know, working in the, and just being interested in fashion And my mum used to take me shopping in the school holidays and I used to really get enthralled with like all the colours and the textures and um, everything that she was buying, you know, and I was a classic kind of like trying on my mum's shoes, you know, as I was growing up and like being really like imagining myself when I was growing growing up, what was I going to wear when I was going out? What was I going to do here, there and this, that and the other? And I think that meant to me freedom. And that meant to me being independent, which is always something that is part of my character. So, you know, I never saw myself as as working for somebody else. Um, I always felt I was creating um, from an early age. I mean, I was really into art school, had all my paintings and drawings all over the um, in the building um, from like a young age, really. So you know, it kind of meant that this kind of artistic way of life was always to do with um, creating your own things, you know. So when it came to business and work, I just applied the same kind of ideas to that as well.
0: What does being an entrepreneur mean to you?
1: It means that I can inspire other people with um, my skills and what it is that I'm creating for the world. Um, it means that I can live into something that's bigger than myself. Um, and it just means that I can be a contribution as well to, um, to the people that I am actually creating what I've created for, if that makes sense.
0: Yes, it absolutely does. So in, in terms of your creative process, how do you make the invisible visible by dreaming up ideas, developing them into concepts and then bringing them into actualization?
1: well wow, that's a really really good um a good question um well the process is really um i mean for me it's really important to work with other people so you know there, there'll there be an idea that i have as a concept but in order for it to be realized out there in the world it's really important that i brainstorm that concept um speak to other people about it um you know, I've kind of got over myself with regards to kind of keeping all my ideas close to my chest. So, you know, the first thing that I would do would be to just sort of um, have conversations with my team around certain ideas. Um, And just going backwards, the first thing I do is actually write something down or I draw something. I mean, that's the first thing I do. Um, And then I kind of analyse whether it's a good idea or not. Um, And then that's when I then talk to a team or approach somebody that I think would be really good to speak to about what, what kind of idea I've got. And then that's when it starts growing, evolving, or it's like, no go, I'm not going to work on that anymore.
0: Excellent. And what, what was the inspiration behind your your business initiative and no name design?
1: Um, well, Really, I had quite a number of years, around 15 years of working in the fashion industry by that stage when I actually set the company up. And I wanted just to um, encompass, again, when we're looking at um, having a team of, of people with you, really wanted to encompass a name that would include those guys. i say it like that. And at the time I set up the company, it was really primarily to do with um working with print design and I was working with different freelancers and generally speaking in that industry um, there was a lot of studios because I set up a a print studio who a lot of these studios they would just randomly um, or they have a team of designers but they wouldn't really name check them so um, I kind of wanted to have this um, studio where actually okay When you say no name, it sounds quite anonymous. Yeah. But again, it's kind of also encompassing. It can encompass anything and anyone.
0: Yes, that's very much the image that it evokes. Being a lifelong resident of London, where there is a constant cultural exchange, diversity of people and international trade, it is a magnet for the creative industries, especially in design and and fashion, also film, media and music and technology and an array of other industries. But that must have been an inspiring and opportunistic environment to grow up in. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely amazing and I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, I've travelled quite a bit um, and I was at some point I was going out a lot in clubbing and, um, with the friends that I had at the time, it was like you'd make an outfit during the week and then you just show it off on the Saturday and I'd get into clubs free because I was just, you know, parading in these like amazing outfits, you know. So it was a really, it's a real, it was a real fun time in different areas of my life, actually, um, being in London.
0: What are the key skills needed? to be an entrepreneur within the fashion industry?
1: I think you need a very, very strong commitment to um, what it is that you've created, okay? Um, You need to really um, have that enthusiasm. And again, I don't want to come across as being a bit cheesy with what I'm saying, but... um, uh, it is kind of the typical things that you kind of hear, really. Um, you need to be able to trust yourself in the process. I think for me, that was really key. Not, you know, there is times in my business where it wasn't moving. It was because I didn't believe in myself. Um, and I have done a lot of work around, uh, a lot of personal development work around that as well. Um, in order sort of to get me to that point and that level of being able to, um, trust myself enough just to step into what I need to step into to create my business. Um, so yeah, those are the main, main areas I would say.
0: You're in a time machine and it's going backwards based on your lessons learned to date in terms of the pitfalls to avoid and the keys to success. What would you say to a younger Deborah?
1: Have a mentor, you know, have somebody, this, this idea again of, of, um, of trusting the process is like also trusting if, if I don't trust myself, I can't trust other people. So um, I think um, having somebody along the way who's going to be able to, who's gone through this entrepreneurial process, who's going to be able to contribute to me, um, that really would have been a really good help for me. Um, I think from, from the outset.
0: Yeah. Never underestimate mentorship. And that's definitely a strong pattern that comes through with almost all of the creatives and entrepreneurs that we've had on this podcast series, in that standing on the shoulders of giants by seeking counsel from people that you trust, respect and admire and finding those positive role models who are willing to share their skills, insights and expertise to help nurture your ideas. And also understanding and respecting history and infusing best practices into finding the future by truly innovating and not reinventing the wheel. Deborah, could you share a couple more stories from your entrepreneurial journey in the fashion industry and some of the, the insights and learnings from along the way?
1: I started out working with um, designing for the UK high street retailers. Um, and I did that through suppliers. So I used to basically um, work directly with the the buyers from just the big names. I mean, you know, you go to the high street. I mean, the landscape has changed now, obviously, in the last, you know, year, two years. It was very fast paced. It was, um, you know, at the beginning, it was very exciting because it was just sort of like actually just, you know, working through the whole process, which is all the stuff that I teach now. So from initial concept and trends right through to actually designing the range um, working out all the different elements of the product development, so liaising with the factories, um, going to see the factories. So it's a whole, you know, this whole process is what I got trained in. Um, but the problem is, is that after X amount of years, it's very exhausting. And I just got really jaded with the industry, and, um, because the process is very much the big guys squeezing the small guys' necks, let's put it that way. Um, And I saw a lot of um, very unethical practices happening um, on all scales. It's not even just the big guys. It's also what was happening in the factories with the workers and that kind of thing, really. Um, So I got really clear that I didn't want to do that anymore because it was sucking my soul. It was very... You know, if you're doing something that is not aligning with your beliefs, you know, your core principles and beliefs, then um, it's very difficult to sort of carry on on a on a kind of day to day basis with 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 what it is you're doing. And obviously, in business, as we know, we spend most of our time. And again, it's a bit of a cheesy line, isn't it? We spend most of our time in business, so it's got to be really and at work. So it's got to be really important what you're doing. And I've always always believed that. Um, you know it's to follow your passion um and you know another story is kind of like actually getting through that muddy bit as well of just you know following a creative path but you know I decided I was gonna uh, my passion was really helping um other brands or other designers that were looking at a more ethical and sustainable way of being able to produce their garments and starting to look at a kind of uh, more of a transparent supply chain, as it were. And there were lots of people that were working in that area that have been for years um, uh, when I was deciding to sort of look at that. Um, And for me, it was about networking with um, other designers or, you know, other people in the industry. And I learned a lot in that sort of interim period of, when I left the fast fashion world to actually stepping into mentoring other designers. It was kind of like a two, three year period, you know. Um, and I learned a lot about uh, what sustainability could mean for new startups. Um, Cause you know, I was kind of in the like learning process in the beginning. So I kind of, I was coming from that perspective. And also I was on a leadership program for, for two years um and that was teaching me really around kind of um cementing what it is that i what was important to me for other people and um, how i could apply that and i was coaching alongside with the leadership as well and creating learning how to create teams and to do that in communication so um after i left that program it was a case of right okay what I love coaching people and really um, seeing, assisting and helping them, seeing what it is that they're up to in the world. Um, so if I can put that together with kind of my experience of you know going through the design process and setting up brands and understanding how to sell to a, a particular type of customer and to do it sustainably with the garment range that you're creating, then. That would just be like a winner. So that's how I have pivoted in the last year and a half um, with my business with the um, with mentoring uh, startup designers. So I do that in a number of different ways. We have a five day free challenge um, where people can come in and, and um, for a week there is a task that they get given over a five day period, and they get to, to basically learn and have a breakthrough around starting and building their own sustainable brands. And if they want to continue the journey during the week, then they are able to enroll into the paid program, which is a group mentoring program that I have. And the other... Level of what I give all my services—a one-to-one private mentoring.
0: So, in terms of the the entry points for the people that you can kind of mentor and coach, I mean, are those all aspiring like fashion designers and and, and entrepreneurs mm. within the fashion industry, or is it more broader than that?
1: Yeah, it's generally speaking. I have two camps. I have people that are at the stage where they're just thinking about setting up a brand. And they um, just have no idea where to go and what to do. And then I have another camp who may have started. And when I say started, they might have produced one or two garments or some products. And they're totally lost in sort of like the next steps because it kind of hasn't worked with the, the actually trying to launch.
0: That time machine is now going forward. What's your vision for the future of entrepreneurship within the fashion industry?
1: So my vision um, is really to support other, well, just to support fashion businesses with regards to what it is that they want to create for their brands. And just, in, you know, it's really important for me that they have everything they need to be able to set up, be able to understand how to, create their garment range uh, and do it sustainably and also be able to sell
0: one of the sources of insights that i recently came across was a staggering statistic around the fashion industry produces more carbon emissions than all international flights and maritime shipping combined 20 percent of global wastewater comes from textile production and more than three-fifths of clothing ends up in incinerators or landfill within a year of being produced. Is this a mega trend that fashion designers and retailers are trying to address head on?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely see where, um, you know, obviously what we've been through the last year, year and a half, I do see that... Um, that has had a major impact on that conversation. And um, I am seeing, um, from the conversations that I'm having, um, consumers really starting to wake up to uh, what it is that they have been buying and actually question how much they've been buying as well. And, you know, it's up to us, as in the people that are uh, the forefront in the industry, like myself, to really... um, be creating more product that fits into that yeah. uh, category um, because you know when we're looking at the world and and how everything is structured and and also what we're leaving behind you know that was what's really important to me when i started this journey in sustainability was really looking at um, what are we leaving behind the generation um, to inherit Um, So, you know, when I'm thinking of it like that, it's incredibly important.
0: Well said. Our outputs are the next generation's inputs. That comes with accountability and responsibility to pass the baton to the next generation by leaving the world in better shape than you found it. Make it count. You have been listening to the Unknown Origins podcast. Please follow, subscribe, rate and review us. For more information, go to unknownorigins.com.